your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, a special crossover edition with new host Dane Lewis of the Locked On Stars podcast. So we'll get an idea of where the Dallas Stars are at through the offseason, heading into the 2021-2022 season. Plenty of questions to ask about uh, where Dallas potentially sits in the Western Conference and the Central Division as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons exclusively covering the Minnesota Wild. And we bring in Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars, new to the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Dane, welcome. How are things going? Hey, Seth. Things are going great. I'm excited to be a part of the show. I'm excited to be a part of the network. We're about one week in here as um, as my role of hosting Locked On Stars, and everything's going great so far. Excellent. Well, uh, happy to have you on board. And we're just, I think, going to dive right in and go to Stars questions first. So I'll ask you a couple of questions that I have uh, in regards to the Dallas Stars and their offseason. Uh, and then uh, we will go to wild questions after that, and we'll come back and finish uh, in the final segment today by taking a look at kind of where each team uh, between the wild and the Stars can slot in in the Central Division and the Western Conference as well. So first question I have to ask, obviously the guy who gave Kirill Kaprizov a pretty good run for his money in the Calder Trophy race last year, what are the expectations for Jason Robertson in his sophomore season? Uh, do you expect to see him be able to put up as uh, as good a numbers as he had uh, during his rookie campaign? Or, or are we in for maybe a little bit of a sophomore, I don't want to say slump, but uh, a little bit of a regression in those numbers? What do you think for uh, Jason Robertson's season? Yeah, obviously it was exciting um, to see Robertson have such a great campaign, um, obviously, uh, with Kaprizov as well, both being um, candidates for the trophy. And it, so for what was ultimately kind of a disappointing season for Dallas, um, a nice breath of fresh air. And I think the expectations um, are pretty high for him this season, uh, just from Stars fans. And I think the organization in general, just with how young he is and um, coming up soon, he'll be he'll be eligible for, you know, a potentially big contract. And so um, in the in the coming months and year, we might be in the same position that I know many wild fans were in um, when waiting for Kaprizov <laughs> to sign his contract extension. And so I think the expectations are through the roof. And and I think, um, you know, I, I think hopefully that Jason will be able to live up to those expectations um, just with how he moves on the ice and the way that he's able to play the game um, at such a young age. And I know there's been um, some reports from from training camp um, from sources that have been there that he's been running on a lot of the, the first and top lines with Dallas um, so I think that's good news for Stars fans that that shows early on that the coaching staff um, has faith in him as far as um, being a consistent force on the ice for Dallas this season. You mentioned, and it segues perfectly into my second question. Obviously, this last season was a, a disappointing one for Dallas, but a lot of things that were 
out of their hands uh, in terms of what happens and, and led to their, uh, their finish uh, at the end of the year. So I would imagine the expectations are much higher this season with hopefully everyone healthy and, uh, and the full slate of games uh, in front of them. So uh, how do you, what do you expect to see from the stars uh, this season um, as opposed to last year? Yeah, I think I expect to just kind of see new life breathing to the stars. I think, like you said, obviously a lot of things that we could not control last season, which not that Dallas was the only victim of that, just obviously with the pandemic um, and so many other things going on affecting the season. And I think even starting back with the Stanley Cup run back in the the bubble um, where they eventually lost in six to Tampa Bay, I think even from that point on, there was just so much fatigue and exhaustion. Um, and so you then, you, you know, you throw in more, COVID protocols that just affect your, you know, the scheduling and how many, how many games you play like in a week. Um, Texas got hit by one of the worst snowstorms in the state's history that canceled a bunch of games. Um, and so just so many things that happened. Um, and I think, I think the guys just needed the the five month break. And I think it was probably a blessing in disguise that the stars missed the postseason last year, just because it meant more time off for them. And so I think that they'll just have kind of all, like you said, a lot of guys coming back healthy um, with a normal schedule, I think there'll just be like fresh life for the team. Um, and from what we've heard from a lot of interviews, um, especially from the older guys like Jamie Ben and Alexander Radulov, there's a really, really healthy excitement for how far the stars can go this season. Um, and so I know that makes us as fans and followers of the team excited um, as they look to compete in what will be uh, a pretty competitive division, which I know we'll kind of dive into later. Um, final question, and this also, again, nice little segue, kind of tease it up perfectly for me. A lot of players that are primed uh, for bounce-back campaigns, um, Tyler Sagan, I know, uh, definitely one guy, but uh, the goalies also as, uh, as well, primed to have nice bounce-back seasons. Which Stars player do you think is best set up to have the biggest bounce-back from last year to this year? Man, there's a lot of people that could fit uh, fit that bill, fit that role. And I think you, one of the guys you named, I think Tyler Sagan um, has certainly a lot to prove this season. Um, even when we, we did make that, that Stanley Cup run, he was playing, um, but obviously playing injured. And so his production was a little lackluster, um, which obviously at the time Stars fans were kind of in the dark on the injury. So what we saw was just Tyler Sagan not playing to the level that we expected. But I think now that he's had time to rest and that he's recovered, um, I think he's a guy that, that fans and coaches and his teammates will have high expectations for. Um, but obviously, T- Sagan is a, is a veteran. He's um, approaching 30 years old, so he knows what it takes to win in the NHL. Um, and I think he's going to come out swinging this season. I'm not saying he's going to be at, at uh, you know the top of MVP conversations, which that would be a nice surprise, but I don't think it's realistic. <laughs> um, but I, I think he's going to come out with a little bit of a vengeance and a little bit of a, of a spark um, just to prove that he – it still has it, um, which I don't think too many people are doubting, but I think he's just kind of a guy that can be easily forgotten with how much new and fresh talent we have on, on this roster. We'll tell you what, let's uh, shift our attention to the Minnesota wilds. Uh, we will do so as Dane will ask me some wild related questions. Our special crossover edition of locked on wild and locked on stars continues next. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, such as, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. 
you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they've been serving families as a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could ever need for your car, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our other sponsors for today's episode by telling you a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Continuing today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars your first listen here today. Once you're finished listening to our crossover episode, make sure to hop over to Locked on NHL to get further updates all across the league as we gear up for the start of the NHL season. Seth Topol joined by Dane Lewis, host of Locked on Stars. And Dane, it's your turn. I will put myself in the hot seat and you can ask me some wild-related questions so that the Stars audience can get a little better intel as to one of their division opponents heading into the season. So hit me. All right. Uh, kind of following in your coattails a little bit, the first question, obviously, uh, filling the, the Calder-sized elephant in the room um, and uh, new the newest contract signed for the Minnesota Wild. Um, kind of, I guess, my question um, for myself and other Stars fans, what can we expect to see um, from Kirill Kaprizov kind of on a nightly basis, but especially when we match up? Um, because obviously he's getting paid um, a lot of money to be in Minnesota for the next five years. Um, and so that obviously shows faith from the front office in him. But from what you've seen from the way he's played, um, what can we expect to see from him on the ice night in and night out? Well, first, I'd like to just say that I'm, I'm so glad that the contract extension um, is done and that we don't have to worry about uh, any of the back and forth that took basically the entire offseason. Uh, for Stars fans, you are going to see a guy that has a motor that does not quit. And that will lead to seeing him um, skate laps around the entire side of the ice. Uh, he just is a guy that never stops trying to create opportunities. He possesses the ability to feed his, uh, his teammates with passes that even they aren't ready for. Uh, it, kind of anticipating what's going to happen on the play and uh, it, thus trying to kind of lead the action to where he thinks it should go, where his teammates maybe aren't, you know, at the skill level to be able to, uh, to match up with that. Now it's going to be really interesting to see, because one of the big changes for this wild team that we've seen so far is that we may see Jewel Erickson Eck on that top line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello as their center which would obviously be a massive improvement and uh, not to, not to disparage uh, Victor Rask at all. He just is not what I would call a top line center. 
he's more of like a third or a fourth line center uh, on a playoff team. So he's, he's still a good player. He serves a role. It's just that he, I think has been asked to do a little too much during his time here in Minnesota. So pairing Kaprizov with a better center in Jewel Erickson, I think is going to do wonders, which is a scary proposition for the rest of the division, because even with Victor Rask as his uh, primary center, Kaprizov still was just a threat to score or assist seemingly every time the Wild had the puck. He just he he brings that game breaker mentality and potential that the Wild haven't had uh, since Marion Gabrick. And I would go so far as to say that I think Kaprizov is now as good of a player as Gabrick was at his peak, and that means that Kaprizov can still take it to another level. Beyond that, I it, the the one thing I would say in his game that he can improve on is the defensive side. He doesn't really do a whole lot, um, and not for lack of trying. He just he's not as uh, as much of a defensive presence as he is an offensive presence. And so, if he adds that to his arsenal, he's going to be a frightening matchup for a, a lot of different teams. He already is, but. Um, I think the sky's the limit for Kaprizov. And if I know anything about how Coyotes fans, Ducks fans, Kings fans, Sharks fans, Golden Knights fans, anybody else in the division last year, they got real sick of seeing him really quickly. And so uh, it's probably a good thing that we only match up uh, the limited amount of times due to the full NHL schedule because he tends to pick on he tends to pick on teams a little bit. And so uh, you'll, you'll probably get your fill with only seeing him uh, four times or, or however many times these two teams match up this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's good um, for us to know and, and be warned, because I think as of right now, <laughs> a lot of Stars fans just kind of see Kaprizov. He's like, oh, this is the guy that, that won the Calder over, <laughs> over Jason Robertson, which I, I think even as kind of a, following the Stars, like rightfully so, because his season was phenomenal. Um, kind of flipping sides of the ice, obviously. Uh, with Jared Spurgeon, uh, the captain, which whenever I was doing research for this, I thought I read something that ended up, I think, being fake, that he was not the captain anymore. But then I found more things that said he was. Um, so is, uh, am I correct in saying Spurgeon's still the captain of the team? Is that yes, right? that is correct. Okay. I'm glad that I like double-checked on that because I didn't <laughs> want to be wrong. Um, but, I, but with him um, still being the captain, what kind of role does he need to play um, for Minnesota to make um, a deep playoff run this season? Well, it's really fascinating because he is very much a guy who is soft-spoken, but it seems like he is starting to become, obviously with his captaincy, starting to become a little more of a vocal type leader for this team. And, you know, one of the unsung defensemen in the entirety of the NHL, a guy who just on a nightly basis does things that make you scratch your head as to how that's even possible I think if he is able to just hold this team to a a higher standard as he did last year, uh, continue to hold this team to a higher level of play, um, they will follow him. And he is, you know, he is a guy who can back up whatever he asks this team to do with his play on the ice. So if he is going out and giving his 100% on any single night, uh, the team is definitely going to follow that. And you know, we just had the alternate captains announced uh, over the weekend in Marcus Felino and Matt Dumba. 
And those are two guys, too, that command the respect of the locker room for this wild team. Felino is the physical presence for this team. And so if there's anything that the opposing team is doing on the ice that the wild are, are not really that much of a fan of, Felino is going to be the one to tell them in no uncertain terms that uh, they're not going to take any of whatever is going on. And then Matt Dumba, you know, has become one of the uh, the vocal leaders for this team with uh, with what he has done off the ice over the last couple of seasons, but also his play on the ice. And so you take that trio and I think it is the perfect group to lead kind of this new core, the Caprizovs, the Erickson X, Fiala's. Um, and as they start to come up and play more of a role, guys like Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy is guys who are going to be able to say, hey, this is how we do it up here. And so if you guys are going to stick and be, uh, you know, parts of this, you're going to need to do that as well. And, you know, I, I don't think any of those guys are going to have any problem with whatever Spurgeon uh, asks them to do. I think he just he has that much uh, respect amongst his teammates that he is an easy choice to be the captain for this team. That's awesome. I, I think it helps the team so much to have a captain and, and obviously co-captains that, that can help lead a younger core um, and kind of show them the ways of how the organization does things. And it, for me, it's always been hard to kind of judge or measure the greatness of a defensive player just because it's it's harder to kind of dig into stats to like prove like, oh, this defenseman is our our captain for this reason. But I think part of being a captain is the way that you lead your team. And so excited to see how Spurgeon is able to lead Minnesota this season. And kind of the last question I have, and it's a pretty broad question, but I, I think um, kind of a fitting one was just how weird last season was. Obviously the wild season um, ending in seven games to a pretty good Vegas team. How far do you think, and I, and I guess this will help us transition into the next talking point as well, but how far do you see Minnesota going um, this season with, Kaprizov being re-signed and, and, and kind of, as I said with the Stars earlier, fresh season, people coming off injuries, regular schedule and things like that. How do you see Minnesota faring this season? Well, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. I've tried to kind of and not to, you know, not to be overly pessimistic heading into the season. But we do need to keep in mind that everybody's going to be playing the entire NHL schedule this year, as opposed to just the division games uh, from last year. And we do need to point out that the wild had a lot of success against the teams below them in the division. Now that's not to say that they, I mean, they will probably have the same amount of success against those teams again this year, but it's going to be in less games and we're going to see pretty much everybody uh, throughout the course of the year. So there is a chance that this team is good, but still has a little bit of a regression back to the mean, just because the level of competition overall will be better uh, than what they faced last year. And, you know, you look at the teams in the central Colorado is, is the same as they have ever been uh, with as good of top line talent as you'll find in the entire NHL. Uh, they do have some question marks though, that will make them uh, if things start to go wrong, will make them a major question point. Um, in the division. And then you've got Chicago who made a ton of moves, the stars uh, who are primed for a nice bounce back season. And, you know, you can go all the way down the list, but you're also, you know, you're going to have to stack up against the best of them on any given night. And also the thing that will be very interesting is that you don't have these road series that we saw. And so, you know, you're going to be going from the West coast one night, 
maybe to the East Coast for the next game, swinging back to the Midwest. And so travel is going to be all over the place. I, I do still think that this is going to be a good wild squad. We just need to go into the year with the understanding that just because they still put up the same numbers that they did may not necessarily translate to wins because they're not going to have, you know, however many matchups, eight matchups apiece against teams like Arizona, teams like San Jose. So competition level is going to be higher, but I, I think the Wild are certainly up to the task for that. Absolutely. Should be should be fun to see how the, the division shakes out. Yes, and we'll uh, we'll talk more about that in our final segment here today. A special Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars. More to come after this. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Seth Topol joined by Dane Lewis. And Dane, final segment here today. We're going to take a look at where we expect both the Wild and the Stars to slot into the Central Division uh, and the Western Conference as well. So let's start with the Stars. Uh, where do you see Dallas kind of fitting into what should be a pretty competitive Central Division this season? Yeah, I, as we've been saying throughout the show, I think there's a lot of optimism for Dallas as a team and organization for this season, um, primed on paper to have a great bounce back season. Um, and while I, as a, as um, you know, the host of the Locked On Stars show and a fan of the Dallas Stars, um, and optimistic and have high expectations, I I do think um, obviously no season can be perfect and can be without error. Um, and obviously, it's going to be difficult night to night to to compete in a division as good as the Central Division. Um, and so, realistically, I think I can see the Stars slotting in um, in the second or third spot in the division. First place would obviously be a nice surprise, um, but I think. Colorado, I don't want to say that they're a lot to win the division, but I just think they have so much talent, as you were alluding to earlier, um, As even though they do have s some missing spots on their team. But I think Nathan McKinnon alone just presents so many challenges as far as game planning and um, just having to to outplay him on a nightly basis. Um, and so I, th I think I can realistically see Dallas getting second or third in the division. Um, and I, I think, obviously, it's kind of playoffs or busts. Um, and not just make the playoffs, but to to get into the playoffs and, and go deep and make a lot of noise there. Um, and so I think just with the young talent that we have and um, obviously with expectations for guys like Robertson and Miro Haskin, who recently has inked a new contract as well um, for eight seasons, uh, guys like that and, and healthy goalkeeping coming back and some of our health, our veterans coming back healthy. Um, I think that it's playoffs or bust for Dallas this season. So I can see them finishing anywhere in the top three, but probably in the second or third spot in the division. I, I like that because, you know, as you said, with Colorado, like they're still the team to beat here in the Central, I think. But 
Um, as I have mentioned in a few previous shows, I think they really ride on Darcy Kemper. And if he struggles, they're going to really have to try to put it together on a nightly basis with that goaltending. Uh, and that could then lead to the division being completely wide open. Um, it, it's going to depend on a few different things. Chicago, obviously, if the players that they acquired and uh, and signed, most notably Seth Jones and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, if they're good this year, then that's going to be a really tough team to contend with. But I think if they, you know, if they play kind of where we expect them to, they're still going to be in that, you know, five, four through six range, I think, just because they are such a young team too. So that's a team to watch. I mean, Winnipeg is weird. So uh, (laughs) they could, uh, they could do some things. They could also very much not do some things. And then St. Louis is a huge enigma too. a team that depending on who you ask, looks as though they're kind of trending downwards towards a rebuild but still a physical enough team that if they catch kind of some lightning and, and go on a run where they could say, Hey, let's just do this again. And so, you know, St. Louis is another team I think to, uh, to keep an eye on as for the wilds, I have them pegged uh, probably in the three or four spot in this division um, just based off of where they're at right now. If they get some good performances and if they get some of those young players to come up and fill offensive uh, holes, that they uh, that they currently have, then I think they're looking more at that three spot. Um, but it just it, it all depends on how everybody reacts to going back to the full schedule. If teams really struggle with that, and it becomes evident that they just were beating up on the teams below them in the division, that could be a problem. So it's it's going to be a hugely competitive division. I'm uh, I'm really excited to see how things play out, but. Uh, it, it's, it's just nice to have the normal, regular schedule back um, and just looking forward to uh, another full hockey season. Yeah, same same here. I, I couldn't be more excited to get back to the normalcy of it. And, and you know, it, it got a little tiring at times to watch the Stars play the Detroit Red Wings, you know, five games in a row and, and then only win like two of them. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this season shapes out, especially in the Central Division. Um, which I think, and I'm sure many agree, probably starting out preseason, the most competitive division um, for this season. And, and I hope that's the case because I, I am a fan of of good quality hockey. Yes, me too. And uh, I think that's a perfect spot to leave things here uh, for today. So, Dane, thank you for uh, for joining me for today's episode. Uh, you can follow Dane uh, at Twitter at Dane underscore Lewis. You can also follow uh, me on Twitter at Seth Topes. And uh, make sure that after you're finished with your first listen of the day, which should be Locked on Wild or Locked on Stars, that you head over to Locked on NHL for further updates throughout training camp and the preseason gearing up for a full season of NHL hockey. Uh, Make sure to follow our shows wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow Locked on Wild all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube as well. And you can catch both. Locked on Stars and Locked on Wild with new episodes all week long as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.